the project. Kuwait. Learn. Today we sit down with Asma Belarusi. Messed it up. Sorry, guys. We really sorry. Terrible names. All right. Asma Belriti. You can come back on the show and correct us. Yes. No, she is the creator of Proud Mom Diaries, which is an amazing blog and Instagram account that gives a lot of insight to the general public on those living with special needs and then resources to those raising kids or educating kids with special needs. So she's a mom of two kids, uh, one with Down syndrome and the other with autism. And she's learned a lot about the importance of physical activity and nutrition and being able to not only manage her own stress, but also help her kids, you know, live, live with their special needs and the important role that that plays in all of their lives. I mean, it was an amazing episode. It hit close to home for me, especially. I, you know, my younger brother has Down syndrome and it was just such a, an emotional roller coaster for me. And understanding that there are more resources out there in Kuwait and just having someone highlight those resources was was amazing because that's 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 the whole point of this show is to is to have the experts on so everyone can learn from it and it was just it was an awesome awesome experience yeah I think the main thing from this episode was just literally how important physical activity was just into her whole family's life and how it's made how kind of being uh, what other people would think of as a disadvantage starting out, she turned into a massive opportunity and a massive advantage for the rest of her family as well, just helping her out with physical training and good nutrition. So sit back, enjoy, listen to Asma Belriti. Yeah, nailed it. You got it. All this and more in today's episode. Today we are joined with Asma, who is the creator of Proud Mom Diaries. She is the mother of two children with special needs, and she's here to talk to us about nutrition and physical activity and the importance of of the role that that plays not only in her own life, but also in raising children with special needs. So welcome, Asma, and thank you Hello, for joining Megan. us. Hello, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm really enjoying this, and I hope we can somewhat help other people to see their kids and the environment in a different way and raise awareness around here in Kuwait. I love it. Yeah. So tell us a little background story, uh, maybe like what led up to the creation of Proud Mom Diaries. All right. So as you all know, I have two kids with special needs. My eldest, Seja, is 12 years old. She has Down syndrome. And my youngest is 10. He's on the autism spectrum. So when I started the diary of down of proud mom diaries my idea that made me go through that is seeing a lot of kids even at the school with Seja who were like really isolated there was no expectations of parents and I saw a lot of kids who had a lot of potential but there was no attention given to them like you see them they go in the class they leave and there was no activities after school there was no parents. So even when the teacher, like when you come and pick up your kid, the teacher will come and tell you. So he did this and some teacher were really excited, like your kid did this today and that. And parents either they are not there or do you see them on their face like they were just, how to say, there was some blank and sadness and as if there is no expectation and or they don't see it. Okay, it happened with you. It doesn't happen with me. I don't know. If I felt like these kids deserve way more then this society is giving them and there is a lot of potential in Kuwait and there is help. And if parents just put like 10% of their day into that kid, he will progress. He will improve the self-esteem, will boost in the child. And they should be out and about 
So when I had better and when went through diagnosis and, 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 that's the time I said, okay, I see so much. I want to help and I can't help people individually. Like sometimes I would actually just talk to the parents out of the school and say, hey, by the way, my son also has autism and, and. Can we do this? Can we you do? By the way, you can do this. And a lot of people would reject me like, okay, thank you. So I got so frustrated at the time. And I said to my husband, you know, what? I need to do something. I'm thinking to start writing a blog. And I did. I started with the blog, but the problem is not if everyone is interested in reading. I think people nowadays are, their attention spam is so short. They just want to go through everything. So my friend suggested, why don't you go in Snapchat and Instagram? So this way, it's short, it's your day, and you can share with them activities, what you do, how to help, uh, activities, and so on, what's going on. And that's how it started, basically. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, before we turned on, we were talking just a little bit of, so you're talking about right now, the, changing the expectations, I think, of people that work with the kids. But before we had turned on the mics, we were just getting into kind of how you had to adjust some expectations as a parent of, you know, having a child with special needs. and completely unexpected. Right. So go back a little bit into, um, I guess, what that was like in the, in the beginning of, of parenthood. Well, uh, hmm, how can I go through that? So basically, the, start, the whole start of expectation goes within you. So when you have a child with special needs, anything, at first you go in through, uh, through different stages. Like at first you are in denial. So this is not, no, no, it can be something went wrong. Check again your analysis and so on. And then as the results come, you start settling in and you start getting angry. Like why this is happening to me? I had plans for this kid to do this, to do that. And you build a lot of dreams as you're pregnant and you deliver. After that phase, you realize this is not going to happen. This is reality. This is fact. And for me, it was like, why, why not me? Like, okay, I'll keep saying and I'm crying and I'm like, why me? Why not me? What makes me so special that I can't have a kid with special needs? And I realized, no, I am special. That I got this amazing gift. Now show me what you got. Okay, this is your kid. Give me something. Show me what you have. Show me your skills. Show me you love this kid. Do something show about me it. love, yeah. Exactly. Just and give me chills. Like, I, I know, that from that perspective. I mean, yeah. I was like, okay. Let's move on. And then I started looking for support groups. There was none here. Like I went to the Down Syndrome Association. It was depressing. I went in and out crying. There was nothing. And I felt like, oh my God, there is no expectations of these kids. No one expect much of them. Like it was a huge school. It's still the same association, the same place. Huge space. But there were, you can tell like very baby-like activities. There's no, there's no resources for it. There, it's, you're right. It's, it's, it's sad. You're, we're in the richest country in the world and there's zero attention given to something like exactly. this. Exactly. I mean, well, yeah. just like we were saying of how it's way more common than what people think too. I mean, there's four of us sitting in the room and three of us have, you know, someone in our immediate family that, you know, yeah. is, is, is a, living has someone with special needs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the attention definitely needs to go there, but kids will live up to the, I mean, typical or, or not, they're going to live up to the expectations exactly. that you set for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So we started from there and then started looking for what to do. So we started to do like at the beginning, when you have a kid with Down syndrome, you have a problem with thyroidism, heart problem, a hearing problem, which if you acknowledge at a young age, you can still save the hearings. You put the ear tubes and surgeries and the kid moves on with that. 
So we started with that, all the physical and all the stuff that she needed back then. And as I looked, there was no, no uh, support group. I started looking online. So I registered with the group in the UK and that was an amazing boost. Like that really encouraged me later on to go, okay, I'm going all out. I'm going to expose my family and everything, the good, the bad, everything that has to do with the kids. Because that really helped me. Yeah. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we sit and chat together. And what did you, Saja did? What did your daughter did? And we shared pictures. And it was just a happy place for all parents there just to see, okay, you have a kid with special needs, but there is a struggles at that young age. But on the other side, you see, like you put a little bit here and you see so much growing up. Like really, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but in a sense, it's very rewarding. It's extremely rewarding. I think it's it's the best job I've ever had. Okay, it's really rewarding in a sense. It's it's a it's a fulfillment. Like we keep doing the same thing. You work one, two, three, and then check boom four. She does something. Like, oh, she did this. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we'll push a little bit more and so on. So it went from that to academics to writing to toilet training, potty training, like. Some books, the old generation books are very dark, mm. like life expectancy, like the doctor told me, yeah. her life, life expectancy is 22. Yeah. And I just collapsed there. I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, what? that's, that's the kind of mentality. Scary, that's, yeah. yeah. So it's, is it like telling he, I said, I was telling my husband, no way. What is he talking about? Right. So I ordered books online, did research, and he was just way out that. He wasn't updated. And for the medical community, the first person you contact after you deliver, you get this news. This is very depressing. You're not encouraging parents to do anything. You're you give them like them a hopeless a case. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, your kid is gonna hmm, 22. With this sad, gray atmosphere. Oh, like even when I think about moments, man, that was really sad. So social group, support group, does help a lot. Started with that. And then that's when I moved to Proud Mom Diaries. Like on Snapchat, I started introducing my kid activities. Like, and people were shocked. Like, oh, she can ride a bike? She has done. Yes, she yeah. can. <laughs> you just need to force more on physical activity to strengthen her muscles. Right. And she will. It's amazing and, if you give kids the resources, what they can do. You yeah, know, you give them the resources. Yeah. You go one on one. You put an extra effort there. You're there, and you, you can see. Like Sergio used to be afraid of climbing, like the tramp was like, oh, no. And we just go, okay, small one, do three, four together, and we come down. And the smile she gives you when she feels that she did that, this the sense of accomplishment is amazing. Like, okay, mom, let's try the other one. Okay. Which is and all you, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and so on. And the same thing. Okay. She might take a bit longer than other kids in academics, in learning, in writing, in everything. But my goal for me is for her to reach that. Whatever her capacity, whatever she can do, I'm going to try it. Like she was really afraid of animals. So we got the dog. She, we had that Bella for two years. She wouldn't even look at her like, <laughs> And she just runs away. Then her brother started horse riding. I would just take her with us. She wouldn't do anything with the horse. She just stayed in bread. Good job, better from far. Every Saturday, day, week in, week out. One day she said, Mama, I want to try. Amazing. Okay, let's do yeah. it. So she tried and she started riding the horse and, and so on. So 
if you just say, okay, she's afraid of the animal and you don't ever expose her to that, she will always be afraid of the animals. She will never, she will think she can't do it. This is it. You, she, you, lim- you help her limit herself. But if you just put little boundaries, open a little bit, just give her a sneak peek of what she can actually do. She's very capable and encourage her. Yeah. yeah, she will. And basically that's what I've been trying to do with both my kids. I love it. Yeah. That's, um, I know uh, I used to nanny for a little boy with uh, Down syndrome. And I remember his mom explaining, you know, when she found out as well, very similar. It's like, imagine that, I think there's a poem written about it, but it's like, imagine you're going to Italy uh, yeah. and you're, have you heard this yeah, one? Of yeah. It's like, you're <laughs> learning the language. You're, you know, you've studied everything about it and you get on the plane and you're on your way there and you land and you find out that you're in Holland and you know nothing about Holland and you don't know the language and you haven't prepared for it whatsoever. All your plans were all, Italy. It, yeah, all your plans mm. were Italy, yeah. And you end up finding out that Holland is actually a really beautiful country yeah. and you know all these great things about it. But what you talk about is, you know, these, the hardest part is that grief is having to give up these dreams that you had for your child, you exactly. know, imagining it's, yes. you know, typical functioning, but the things that you're finding is it may take her a little bit longer, but you're still getting those things that you would have ever wanted for your child, typical functioning or not, you know, exactly. she's, she's testing herself. She's growing. She's physically active. She's learning these things and it may sure. go, take a little bit longer, but this is it. So basically even for me, like when I think about it, it's giving up the old, those old dreams mm-hmm. and just th- start building a new ones. That's what you have. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Whatever you planned. Like for me, I planned, I wanted her to do, learn French. I Okay. She doesn't have to learn French, whatever not the end of the world but she's doing a lot more than what even what i dreamt for her you know what i mean like she's riding she's now competing she's uh, training to compete in special olympics in abu dhabi amazing and she's learning to read she started reading small words she's an amazing artist like she does she does amazing portraits and freelance painting she plays music she's amazing a kid as a sister she's very protective of her brother of the dog of us so I couldn't, I, I couldn't have wished for more right. Down syndrome or not Down syndrome. This kid is amazing and she never stops. Uh, you know what I mean? She never yeah. stops from astonishing me of things like, okay, we can do it. We won't do it. We'll see how it goes. But she pushes through and she, she never gives up. This is like her personality. She falls, she grabs up. Okay. Kick in. Let's do this, it. mama. You know what I mean? And this is it. You just build new dreams and you pursue them and you put your hundred percent there. You don't get there today. Try again. And so we will. It's tiring at times. What? But this is life. It's not, we're not supposed to be just uh, everything we want is just going to drop in our laps. You have to work like, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. You just yeah. have to push through. You yeah. have to push. Speaking through. of building things. I mean, you've built, you've built some great resources here in Kuwait for children with special needs in terms of, I remember seeing your Instagram with your children doing CrossFit. Right. Golf too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Horse riding. Horse riding, sorry. Yeah, yeah, horse riding. So, I mean, how did you persuade the community to start something like this? Because I think it's people like you that get the the ball rolling, so to speak. So everyone else kind of follows suit. Because I know there's, you know, there's, there's the local baseball league. They have, you know, they have the... They have the Challengers League. Then there's the uh, golf that I saw, I think, a few months yeah, back yeah, yeah. that just started, started up. Season, yeah. So, I mean, it's people like you that have gotten that the ball rolling in our community for that. So how did you start to persuade people to, hey, can you guys offer these classes? Can you guys offer this service for us? Or Actually, uh, what I did at the beginning, 
like uh, first thing I said, the, my kids have to learn swimming because kids with autism are very, they're they are attracted to much to, uh, to water a lot more than typical kids or kids with Down syndrome. Like a kid with autism, they usually they are wanderers. They will go and wander. And if they are so allured by water, they will go. And there was a lot of incidents. Is that a sensory of, uh, thing or what's... It's what's a sensory like? thing with the water and how it moves and the sound of it and the, how it feels. Yeah. So kids with autism are drawn to, uh, drawn to water. And always there is, you hear a lot of statistics that a lot of kids with autism drown. So the first thing was, okay, for better, we have to learn swimming. And they both learn. So around one year and a half, three times a week, we be, we thought about it, they learned. So once they got that, she got some strength, already physical strength. We started, we're done with the swimming. It was like, okay, what can we do next? When we weren't looking for clubs and stuff for kids, there was nothing. And then 2014, Circuit Plus opened kids' classes, youth. So we said, okay, I'm just going to take her. I'll be with her in the class. And no one can say she can't be there. I'm going to fight for it. If they say they can't, she's not following the class. She's wondering, I'll be with her. I will do the class physically with her. And I did. Remember these yeah, days? Yeah. We'd go, okay, work out, warm up in the stairs. She will go. And this is it. We, you have to be physically there. You put your step down. You show your face. And you show that you're willing to fight for your kid. Because nobody else will. A kid needs you. You are his backbone, you are his support. So I stopped taking the rejection personally. If someone says, uh, no, we can't take her, I'm said, no, let's try it. She's not going to follow up. I'll be with her. I'll do it one by one. Don't worry about the coach. Coach can follow up with the other kids. I'm here with my daughter. The whole yeah. session, yes, the whole session. Every other, yes. And you do, you commit to that, that your cause. And as people see around, they like word by word. Oh, okay. This kid is here with special needs. She goes. And but back at that time, I started snapping and sharing on the Instagram and stuff. I didn't start proud mommy yet, but I started and my friends would share it. Okay. People who have on the WhatsApp group, parents who have kids with Down syndrome. Yes. Go. Would they take my kid? I'm afraid they will reject him. Just go be with him. Yeah. Please don't send him with the nanny. Yeah. Be there. Or big brother or big sister, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just got people, encouraged them. Like I remember one kid who was a teenager back then, he went and he, after this stopped, he's, I think, still at Circuit Plus now. A kid with Down yes. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Like I, his mom saw it and she, she texted me like, what is this? What do you have? Will they take kids older? I said, yeah, take him. Yeah. She said, my boy is like 15, 16 and I want him to get physical and so on. And just the word spread. The point is you have to be there. You push it, you stay in their face, you focus, you be the voice of the one who don't have a voice yet. So how much benefit have, have you seen from more physical activity? Like for, for the children? Like is there can you can you say like, well, I mean, I know my son, you know, DJ, when I get him outside running around and everything, after that he's like, Okay, I'll sit down and do an activity. So right. he's more inclined to like chill out a little bit and you know okay. like any kid i True. mean you can't you can't tell kids sit yes. down for seven hours and yeah. do nothing and then don't expand your energy True. so how, how how does the, the the physical activity translate because i don't think parents here understand the importance of having a child with special needs and how important it is to have them physically active not only for health but cognitive health too exactly. i'm sure that ha that that bleeds over into it so yeah absolutely like 
we learn basically by doing and repeating and doing it wrong until we get it right. And kids with special needs are no different than typical kids because we all have energy that has to come out somehow. Like we can't just lock a kid home and say like, oh, he's naughty. He's jumping on the sofa. He's jumping on the walls. So you need to take your kids out. He's communicating. He's He's going nuts. Like a lot of parents would say like, he doesn't sit down. Yeah, wait, get him out or get a wall ball, get a rower, get him active, move on, take the kids out. And for me, like better with ADHD, autism, nonverbal, he has a lot of energy. He has a lot of energy. And from that age, ever since we started feeling that he needs to get out, the days I can't take him out, he will swim. We're lucky to have a swimming pool home. But people who don't have a pool, you can still do a lot home. Like I went and I ordered for him a wall ball, an eight pound wall ball. Mm-hmm. And we'll just carry it and we go up and down with it. We squat with it. We throw it to the wall. And then we got, okay, you know what? We need more. We got a rower. And we'll just warm up on that until he's out, he's calm, chilled. Then we can do other things. You know what I mean? You just, you just have, have to think outside the box and see what's best for your kid. There is a lot of things that you can do. Just, uh, we used to take even in winter travel, like I put two chairs across each other, a rubber band, and we jump. Mm. Okay, we take turn. Mama jumps. I just jump. Bad real. Just get that pressure on the joints to get that energy out rather than just sitting sit down yeah <laughs> yeah down. absolutely but you talk about that with him being nonverbal as well as like movement is his way to communicate and for a lot of i mean body language and movement is a universal language yes, really and absolutely. so to use like yeah getting that energy out and moving different ways and seeing which i mean that makes him feel like he's part of a conversation exactly. that he can't actually verbalize True. so that's so important and there is so many ways even like pe- kids who don't talk there are there are ways now to communicate like there is, there is this program is called like, at first we started with pictures, like we just laminate pictures of talk, right? Was it like before ta- even to ta- ta- oh, Yes, exactly. Ta- same, yeah. same, but just pictures. typical, regular mm-hmm. pictures you laminate and we use like, yeah, yeah. and he has like a folder of food, folder of activities for the places, people, blah, blah. And you can do that. This is like the basic thing. If you don't want to go and invest in a program and an iPad or if the kid kids still in a stage where he throws things and like by the guts of to face he would just take an ipad and he just wanted to see it fall <laughs> uh, make the sound like okay we're not getting the ipad yet with the activity yeah <laughs> just stick to the pictures so we stick to the pictures for almost four years last year he he's more aware of it he realized this is not a toy so we got in the proloquy program and start teaching him you want something, You, I want this. And you get the folders and his personal pictures. You don't want this. This is the places. This is, and he communicates with it. Yeah. And now I'm teaching him sign language because I realized sign language, it's easier to communicate with everyone. Yeah. And for him also, it will, help, it will help him with his apraxia. So basically his apraxia is like the words are here. The connection between here and the motor skills to move the words is very weak. Right. So he tries to get to what it's not. He gets really frustrated. Like it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. But when he signs, he doesn't have to go into the iPad, look for the folder. When it's the thing is just right there, he'll just grab it or snatch it. But we don't want that. We work also on behavior, how to make this kid eventually work in a typical group class and move to a typical school. 
with less of a special needs shadow on him like he can't. You know what I mean? Because the behavior are the things that usually pull these kids out. Right. Like they are smart, they are aware, they can learn, but their behaviors and sensory issues stop them from being to emerge into a normal, typical class. So these things makes it easier. Okay, like once it was like this morning was like it was a cake. A cake. Mm. Okay, 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 okay. Like I found him. He opened the fridge and he took the cake out. So he said, better? That's for your, for your sister. He put it down. I was like, I don't care. I want the <laughs> like cake. I, want the cake. <laughs> <laughs> I look like, question, you know, man. I signed it for you. You got to share. <laughs> <laughs> for, I took um, American Sign Language was my second language I studied right. in college. So is he learning? Yeah, he is on American Sign American Language. American Sign Language? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I was wondering, like, is there an Arabic sign language? It's weird because no, sure. my no. brother, okay. they started him don't off with Nakatone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they switched him to American. And then he just got confusing. He was like, all right, you know what? I'm done. Like, I don't yeah. want, and he, I mean, mashallah, alhamdulillah, mashallah. Yagub, he's very, he's very self-sufficient. He's yeah. like, I'll do it myself. I'm not really going to ask you for help unless I really need it. Right. And even with that, he doesn't, like, it was funny because, uh, you know, Thanksgiving went over to my mother's and I got him a little, he loves to paint. He loves to paint. So I got him a little paint set and stuff because I got something for, you know, my niece and I got something for my son and, so he, he has his paint set and with him, I always, you know, I've, he's grown up around me. So I know he's self-sufficient. And for some reason he was waiting for permission to open his paint set. And I felt so bad because he came to me 15 minutes later. He's like, will you open it for me? I'm like, oh dude, I thought you were going to open this yourself. <laughs> so I opened it. He was like the happiest kid in the world. And it's just, I, I, I regret. And it's partly my fault as an older brother. And I, I regret not being more uh, vigilant of these things growing up to make sure that, you know, to, to understand there was really no education for me as a sibling to someone yeah. with special needs. And, you know, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would have learned sign language at a younger age. And, you know, I would have put more effort into it. And like, I, that's one of the biggest regrets that I have as an individual, mm. because there, I know there's more that I could have done. And that's, you know, that's my fault. I live with that. But you know, I still, you know, my, my brother, God bless him. He's still, I mean, when he, you know, a couple of times I took him to the gym after that, he shaved off like 15 kilos because he was doing the same workouts, you know, at home. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was like, it's just giving them the resources when he had that resource, he learned from it. And it's, it's, um, it's just, it's just amazing. What are your thoughts on ABA and, you know, others? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I was, just, I I was very it. curious I about it. ABA. I love ABA. Yeah, can, so, you, can you explain, explain that? ABA. To, yeah. Right. So ABA is Applied Behavior Analyst. And it was, it was created by uh, Dr. Skinner. He's basically the father of behavior science. Yep. Yep. So all the science that came after that is like a lot of people think ABA is very rigid, but it's very clear and scientific. Like, you do this, you will get this, or you don't get it. And once you work with the kid on ABA, you can see really if there is a progress, if you are stagnated somewhere, what's working, what's not working, because you have everything written down. You have all the information and statics through the day, through the sessions, like everything is written down. The thing is, some places here in Kuwait, they do ABA, but sadly, their stuff is not certified. Like they will take just courses online, but they don't know how to handle more than what they took in that course. It's, it's a big thing. 
Like you can work ABA on the table as well as on the floor and you can learn while moving. It doesn't have to be rigid one on one. Give me one, two, three, four, five. So you get the results, but you get stagnated at one point if you don't actually use the proper ways of analyzing the behavior, which basically you have to learn a skill and you should be able to generalize it. Like I can write A, I can say this is A with you, with Liam, with Mahdi. So when you generalize a skill, that means you know it. It's there, it's for life. It's not going to go away. But when you don't generalize a skill in ABA, it's like you're back to square one. You're just moving and stagnate. So you need to have, like I've been telling also parents that if you sign up your kid on ABA center, and the sad thing, and there is a lot of Arabic ABA centers here, that stuff there is not qualified to be anything, not even around kids, any kid. Like people, some Arab people, they still think that ABA, discipline, behavior, oh, we got it. We yell. Yeah, right. You know what? No, sit down. Yeah. Sit down. Uh, uh, excuse me? No, this is not the way. You can't be physical or abusive or you think you're going to be have the, the male authority and the kid will be afraid. Right. Why do you think they get away with it here mostly? Like, I mean, what's, what's the main reason? Because I know, I know of people, um, and I'm, I'm not sure if I, I can't really mention names, but they have moved from Kuwait onto Dubai and they're, you know, they, they're practicing in ABA facilities over there. Why do companies and places get away with this stuff? I mean, how are the, how's the monitoring? from other perspectives like i mean i mean because the government can't police everything and i don't want to bring government or talk politics or any of that but from a parent's perspective because it must be very difficult to judge you know what are some of the key indicate key things that parents can look for for a good aba facility or a good facility to bring their children the major thing should be is the open door policy if you go to a center your kid is going to have therapy speech aba or whatever if you are not able to go inside the session and watch what's going on, you shouldn't keep your kid there. Because if you don't want the parent to be at the session or if you are not recording the session and the parent has no access to see what's going on, which means you're doing something wrong and you don't want the rest of the world to see it. Right. And in the Arab centers where they're charging a lot less on ABA because, you know, ABA is very expensive because you work on one-on-one therapist with the kid for four hours or five or whatever. So the, the other centers who are not really qualified to be doing that job, they would let the parents go in and attend the session. By the excuse, they give them like, uh, we think if you come in with the kid, you will distract the session or he will, be, he will be acting very spoiled because your father or the mother is there. And people accept that. Sadly, people will be like, yeah, okay, we'll, Wait, okay, we'll wait. And then later on you hear scandals that this kid came up with a broken leg or a bruise and, and, and. Even in the buses, school buses, you hear this every now and then. A nanny slapped someone or a bus driver did, I don't know what. And people have been trying, put the cameras on, connect them to parents' phone, end of story. What, what are you so afraid of hiding? So if you go center and they say you're not allowed, just roll your kid there for That's me. Great advice. End of story. And let's, I mean, let's try and jump on the uh, nutritional aspect because I know, like, I, I know my, my, my brother, 
he'll eat anything inside. <laughs> he loves he loves yeah. food just like me. They are gourmet. My daughter yeah. also is very gourmet. Like she would love food. Like the yeah. So <laughs> what from from a nutrition perspective? Because I mean, with 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 I mean, with myself, I I notice that if I you know have too many carbs or if I have too many sugars or if I have too many of this, how I react, how my body reacts afterwards. Right. And I know for my brother, it's really easy for him to pack on weight really fast. But it's also easy for him, you know, mashallah, again, he has the, the thyroid issue and everything, but he can still take it off just as fast. That's I mean, amazing. with his movement, he's, yeah. he's a beast. Like I gotta give, I gotta give you a good credit. He is a beast when he works sure. out. He's got the punching bag in his room. And so sure he's, love. yeah, nice. yeah he's, he's definitely. I mean, he shaved off like 20 kilos one year. And my mother was like, I think there's something wrong. I was like, no, he's just, he's moving. He's active. He's active. (laughs) You know, he's exercising in his room. And she's like, yeah, but he listens to music and everything. It's like, yeah, he's dancing. Let him be. Let him be. He's active. He's eating healthy. You know, it's really good for him. She's like, oh, yeah, I think you're right. That's really good. You know, and then like his iPad broke. So he couldn't dance anymore. (laughs) And it just, Uh. you know, he kind of became sedentary again. He put packed on some weight. But I mean, what are some nutritional tips that you can give parents with children with special needs? Well, if you talk about nutrition, like if you're more specific for Down syndrome, as we said, most of kids with Down syndrome have hypothyroidism, which is the thyroid is quite lazy. So like Saja now, she's on, uh, she takes the pill that helps activate the thyroid again. So with that, we portion food. Basically, we just portion food. Because if you put like the whole thing in front, in front of the table, like if you put big portion of rice, chicken, whatever, she doesn't know when to stop. This is the thing. She's very gourmet, she loves food and she will eat. Like, so what we do, we stop doing that. The whole, like the whole habit in the house changed for everybody and it changed for the best for actually for all of us. We portion food, like we put food for all of us. Like this is your chicken, take a big portion of protein, you have your salad and you have little bit of your carbs, rice, vegetables, whatever depends on the day. And everybody's eating the same food. Like I, I was thinking at first to give her on a diet and then I realized that's not going to work. I wanted her to, to learn something that she will carry on growing up as healthy diet. This is her habit. She still can eat sweet. She still can have this and that, but discipline in food. We eat in the same time. It's our breakfast. You eat your sli- snack. Also, we don't buy sweets and all this stuff home. It's non-existent juice, non-existent soda and stuff. We don't buy it. So she actually made her and her brother made everyone a lot healthier home. So are, are there a lot of foods that you've cut out for yeah. gut health reasons? And, yes. you know, just because like, uh, like candies, bonbons, chocolate, all of that is out. Juices. I don't buy any juices, even the labeled organic and stuff because sugar. All sugar. And uh, sodas out. So basically it's water. You're thirsty, you drink water. And by now, now the kids, they got used to it. On the table, we have water and the food. When we make juices, I bought like a cold presser. The Make your own. Yeah, yeah, make your own. And we make vegetables. We make beetroots, we make carrots. That even not every day, once in two weeks. If you fancy juice, we have vegetables left over. Yeah, like grind them. And the kids, they enjoy that process of like this, this yeah. thing. And it goes so red and amazing and nutrition and they got used to it like though we go out they don't even look for juices or candy or stuff on the other hand we still buy candy we buy little bits yeah because i don't want them to be deprived from it they did say they will go nuts like oh, we never ate this but there must be a balance you the mother 
or a father, they have to be there with the food because we build up those habits from young age. This is it. They are settled. It, it will grow with them rather than blocking and dieting and being so strict and said it's not fun to eat right for her or us and we keep fighting over the food it's that same kind of aba approach yeah. of like this is a generalization of like this is yeah. food in my life yeah. and it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> the more people need yeah. that <laughs> right. general yeah. public needs exactly. that exactly <laughs> we do it's like yeah. my husband would, for years we would fight over pepsi mm. pepsi okay then he moved to coca guys like coca the can <laughs> and then it was like no then he started buying it and keeping it in his office. And then the office is hot. And it's like, okay, then you know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Until he stopped. It was like, yeah. oh, I got so it. And the minute he stopped, he lost the belly. Right. Like, see, aren't you happy now? <laughs> 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 like a good wife should know how to, how to wrap it. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. So yeah, it's just, we keep food fun. Yeah. And uh, no pressure on not to eat. You eat healthy. You get used and kids eat what's in the house and they eat what you're eating. You can't be That's the, yeah. eating anything and limiting their food. Right. So I think it's just a matter of habits, teaching them good habits, do the good habits in front of them. And, and that's it. And keep them active. Yeah. Active, active, active. Yeah, it's that accessibility. It's like they're going to eat when they're yeah. hungry and they're going to eat what's around. And so if you make the the sugar and those things, you know, easily accessible to them, of course, that's what they're going to go yeah, for. Yeah, especially, yeah. we like uh, kids with autism, a lot of them are, we cut down on dairy product because recently I found out that dairy product, yeast and sugar is a lot harder for kids with autism to digest yeah, yeah. and it affects them. So when we cut all of that, I what? just, I had to cut for Seja as well. Because we can, he can add different food and she's, you know what I mean? Yeah. What you did you needed, notice with that cut? Anything? Actually, when I cut dairy product on Saja, her belly was gone. Amazing. Like she was very active, clean food. Everything was on spot, but she always had bloated belly. When I cut the dairy and yeast, that's just gone. Amazing. It's like amazing. And I, ever since I cut also dairy products, we all transfer into rice milk, almond bank and so on. Yeah. So it's helped to be more aware of trying things and this parenting, especially you try and you hit. There is no wrong or right. Like trial and error. from my perspective, it might be right from yours. You see it wrong. So everyone has to try really what works for their kids, for them as a family and what is less stressful to do on a day to day. Like it will be your routine and something accessible, easy to do. You don't have to go nuts, nuts and crazy what to cook or what not to cook. Who's going to eat this and that. And with Badr, with all his problem with nutrition at the beginning, we got stuck to only eating chicken and rice, chicken and rice, chicken and rice. <laughs> like, you know, autism, like they got, he got into a phase where he had sensory issues with this. He would smell food, texture is different. He wouldn't eat it. So when I did some research about that, I realized that even a lot of high functioning kids with autism, verbal, adults, independent, everything, they still that they didn't, they never developed this nutrition part. And they're still, as a grown up, they're eating only two things. Right. And when you look at their faces, you see here is like black or blue. Like you feel these people are in a huge lack of nutrition, healthy nutrition. So what I used to do, like we're eating a snack, I'll just make a plate and I just put it in front of him, in the middle. Like he's here in the middle of front of him. No pressure. Don't eat it. Don't take it. Just there. So just snack mine and then. Day in, day out, like after seven months of this, 
One day he just pulled the plate was watermelon. He pulled it, he sniffed it, pushed it back and he looked at me. <laughs> I just ignored him. After a while, he, pick, he picked up a piece of watermelon. He just squashed it, put it back, sniffed it. The second day he, he, he ate it. Took a bite. Yeah. I was like, Yes! <laughs> He's eating fruit! <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. So everything, okay, we start with watermelon and until this day, it's his favorite fruit. Watermelon. Like, yeah. like, yeah, sometimes I find him opening the fridge and just shoving his face in the hole. Like, seriously, so I found him once I took a picture. It's like, let me cut it. It's like, no, I got this. <laughs> so cool. So it just moved on to other food, to everything and to generalize rather than that when he was three and four, I used to make his snack and his food to take it out with us if we're going to see the family or restaurants. We're just like crazy. We can't, I can't keep doing this for his life. And once he's on adult age, he's not going to do this. He's just going to buy junk food and end of story. Yeah. So it was amazing. Like it was hard, but with persistence, he got it. He got into it, which I'm very proud of him for I that. I love that. He eats everything That's now. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love, I love that. He actually, he's nuts about everything. He eats the, nuts as well now. <laughs> the amazing thing that I'm finding is kind of like, I have zero experience with any, like kind of any family members or anything with special needs, but. Yeah from what you've just been talking about with their behavior and with the nutrition and actually I see a lot of those similarities with what we would we've referred to as like typical kids and yeah. like it's literally just like maybe they just have like one of those behaviors or, or two yeah. of those behaviors whereas I kind of you might exhibit more um and actually I think what a lot of our listeners will probably find is they might go like for example with me I know that my my stepsister she was like she would only eat like white carbohydrates Okay. And she'd be like, okay, so if it's not bread or rice or pasta, maybe with cheese on top, she wouldn't eat anything red, green, yellow, no vegetables, no nothing like this. And it was yeah. just the case exactly the same with butter, just like kind of making it, putting it in front of her and then seeing if she liked it and then kind of going, okay, you can have something else if you want, but this is what, yeah. everyone, this is what the rest of the family's having. Yeah. If you like, if you'd like to join us, then no problem. If you don't want to, it's okay. And yeah. so just like over time, then just enabling that and enabling it. Um, and yeah, I think those kind of similarities are, are there and it's kind of, if anyone listening to the episode, it's not just something that's like, it's not abnormal. And so you, it, it's something yeah. that's very, very normal across a lot of kids. True. Um, and I think it's just from you having to like make more effort with it to make sure that like to give them as many opportunities as possible. That yeah. is even very similar, um, with kids and parents as well, True. because like we've talked about diabetes and kids and lots of other things. And it's the parents not kind of, having to make a choice so they don't make a choice they just kind of go oh okay. he's normal so like all the normal kids he have this and, all the normal kids, yeah. <laughs> and actually like it needs that care and attention whether they're, yeah. they're special needs or whether they're, they're not classified as special needs but they might have these behavioral tendencies yeah. to to do different things so i think that's quite important for True. for everyone i think it's more the fact that you just uh you've taken a lot of care and attention to learn about your kids and how they function and how to give them the best opportunities like in the real world as possible. Right, right. I think having also the junk food everywhere around Kuwait doesn't help. And it just makes even parents more lazy going out and just get the kids to eat anything. It's really bad. Like I remember at the beginning, like Saja used to go with the school trip and we'll take them to playground and then they will go and 
McDonald's. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a great reinforcement from schools. Right. <laughs> That's a great reinforcement so, from schools. I remember I used to tell them I send her own food. Like I would also make nuggets yeah. for her chicken nuggets home and potato will just put it in the dry pan. She's still having the same food and ketchup from yeah. home. I make yeah. our own, yeah. own ketchup. So just put it there. But the teachers say no. She's not going to eat it because she doesn't have the toy and stuff. So what I did, okay, I tried once, twice. And I was like, you know what? She works so, so hard yeah. to stay fit and eat clean and don't want her to get addicted to this junk food. So the days they have this field trip, I just keep her. Mm. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I keep her. And I just did that last yeah. week. Like they were taking the kids from her such a school. They're taking them oh. to, to walk around in Salmia somewhere in the promenade. And their plan was, okay, send five KD for food. Okay, what food? They're planning to go eat at Sultan Center in the open buffet Sultan Center. Mm. And I went to them. I was like, come on, these kids are grown, like 12. Seja is the youngest in her class. My, the other girls are 13 and 14. There is so many things around here. You can take them. There is the new museum. Take them there. Yeah. And playgrounds there is so much just outdoor just the beach let them play and run and why the food yes oh my god that's totally bizarre I know (laughs) it's like you know what you know what you know what Seja she works every week three uh, one hour and a half per swimming session she comes back she doesn't even look for food showers (laughs) just like literally she just passes out on bed (laughs) three times a week she works hard she is clean so I told them, no, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm not sending her. And yeah. I didn't send her Wednesday to school. Yeah, and fair. I wrote a big complaint letter like, this is not fair. Right. Kids, they need to go to productive. Uh, if you're going to make an outing, already they are stigmatized. They are all girls with Down syndrome. Mm. And it's just taking them to food place. And it's like the image they are sending to the public that this is all they can do, these kids. Right. You're not helping them. Right. Just taking them to buffets and places that there is no production. They will not learn anything from that experience. Food as a reward is a huge thing. And when I worked in the behavioral health hospital and as kids with psychiatric and behavior disorders, um, that was one of the biggest things I fought for was eliminating food as a reward. So it's like, great. They had, you know, their good behaviors during the day or the week. You know, why are we allowing them to pick from a bucket of candy as like the reward for that? Like the reward should be something totally different. Like let's get them outside for a game. Let's, you know, give them a project of some kind, you know, something like that. And it's the food as reward is it's the easiest thing, I think, for nannies and for parents. Well, and for I schools. failed as a parent. And I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Like <laughs> with DJ, I'd always be like, look, How old you is do- he? DJ's four. Yeah. So, I mean, he um, with with him, I'll uh like before, before when I when I didn't know, you know, with when he was a little younger, I used to my positive reinforcement would be candy. Yeah, right. like what kid doesn't like candy? But again, as a parent, you know, I evolve and I've you know I've I've learned when you know better, do better. Yeah, yeah. When right. you know, and Absolutely. that's the thing, I've learned more and I've become a better parent from certain things. And you know, it's I mean, life's a lesson. And if we don't have people like you in our society, I can't learn. You know what I mean? Uh, You're a pillar for all of us so that we can understand and we can learn from you. And in all honesty, I think what you have, what you have done and the resources that you have created are phenomenal in a society that lacks, um, empathy in so many different perspectives for different human beings. And it's just like, Sorry, I'm sorry. I just I, I, I got to take a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's getting emotional. Yeah, having a moment. It is. I'm, no, so, I'm sorry. It is. It, it just but I want to say, like, exactly on that, though, I yeah. think the 
you know, getting this, uh, parenting experience that you completely, you know, weren't expecting or weren't prepared for. And in turn, like, it's how much is that like turned around on you? Like knowing what you have to do to help them in order to, you know, perform and live up to the best expectations or high expectations. That's like forced you to see the value of health and fitness, probably in a way that you may not have ever experienced for yourself. I mean, you're huge into your stress management and using, you know, fitness and nutrition as a way to help manage that. And a lot of that has probably come through setting the example for the kids, but also understanding, you know, just at that very level, you know, from birth all the way up of of what an important role that was going to take for them. And it's improved your health in a way. Yes, absolutely. It did. did. Getting such a high dose of that. (laughs) Absolutely. You're right. Like, uh, like I I wasn't really in before the, before my kids, I was really into nutrition or fitness. Like occasionally I would run here or swim or mostly chill and tan. (laughs) 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 But then. Seja came and started learning about nutrition and how that would affect her, her heart, her cognition, her brain and everything on. But when I realized Seja had to follow a proper diet, clean food, workout and all that for her life to grow up as a healthy adult, independent adult. So that affected all of us. And for me, like I'm the mom in the house, I'm the cook of the house. So it was easier for me to change and tweak things around, like change our habits, how we cook things, how we eat things, portions as well. Starts, I started learning about how to portion for me. We change it from big plates. Everybody's now we have like smaller That's plates. That's a key thing. If people who are worried about portions, like, yeah, smaller plate that you eat off of. Because, That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's basically I started teaching myself and educating myself about how things makes things easier on her, on us and everyone. So eating smaller portions, smaller plates, fresh food, nuts fried. There was a lot of things and that helped all of us. Like I started eating a lot cleaner, a lot healthier, start being more aware of what I put in my mouth with the kids as well. And uh, with that came also moving. She has to work out. She has to exercise better as well. And I started and with all that pressure of all of them, you have, they have to do this. I have to do this. I started feeling like I have to do also for me to get away or to get out this stress because this is a day-to-day routine and if I'm not well I can't deliver I can't help my kids and I can't help myself so the idea was get yourself up get motivated move on do whatever you can whatever makes you happy as a workout and to each his own like I enjoy CrossFit and I love weightlifting other people would enjoy maybe Zumba walking, walking, running, swimming. Like, I mean, the parent, they have to be, if you are in this routine, you have to have something for yourself. You have to have a downtime. You have to have a time for you where you get this energy out, where you chill, where you can have more patience, really. Because dealing with kids with special needs or kids, I think in general, at this age group, 10 and 12, is very crazy. Yeah. And it gets I've said quickly, they get hormonal. And like Seja, for example, now she's in a phase where she is the preteen. Mm-hmm. So even you say please and thank you, Sajaka, she just gets upset and slaps the door and goes. And that's <laughs> fine. She has the way to strip herself. But how is that going to affect me on every day? I'm getting that energy from her. I'm getting that from my son, from driver, from people driving, from my husband. Wow. Right. So I need to get it all out. So that's what I do. I work out every day. I try to do it every day. And keeps me moving, keeps me active, keeps me happy and energized. And when I'm energized and in happy mood and I'm settled, the kids, 
automatically they are, they are good. Energy contagious, yeah. When I'm also, and when I need to unwind and I'm just chilled on the sofa, like usually Friday, that's that's all I do. All of them. Like the kids, <laughs> literally. Like I chill on the sofa on Netflix and the kids, the minute they see me chill and relax and just snacking, they are also relaxed. Like yeah. they're not vibing around. That's huge. They chill yeah. and they snack with me, whatever I'm saying. And that transfers to them. Their energy transfers to me and my energy transfers to them. So I try in the, the most non-stressful way. I try to do it in the most non-stressful way for myself to be able to keep that flow going. And whatever comes on the shots, we just, we just move along, move along. You know what I mean? I love it. And yeah. and yeah, that helps. Like I don't, if stuff doesn't get done around the house today, I don't care. <laughs> Although I came from a household where it was, everything has to be neat, iron, no dust and all that. And I had to struggle. I struggled with that because if I don't have a, a help home, I would go from the morning and dust and brush and like, and the end of the day I'm exhausted. I didn't give any attention to my kids. I didn't get any rest. And that's not helpful. So I, I, I learned to change myself and get rid of bad habits and cultural stuff that I grew up with and expectations, what others expect of me. So it's, it's a lot of work. I'm still working on that really as not to care about the others and what they expect of me. And just mostly what I expect of myself, what makes me happy and what, how that happiness and that settlement within me will help my kids evolve, blossom and be independent. And that's basically the message I send through Snap to the parents when they write to me questions, how you do that, how you get your son to sit for five minutes on the table. How did you get him to potty train because kids with autism as well very difficult they don't have this sense of pleasing the other so a lot of kids stay till six seven still on diapers because no one is there to actually go do a little bit extra research and work on it and get that kid once he's out of that diaper he will have better chance to be at schools to be accepted socially at the parks at the playgrounds so it's it's a lot of things that need to be just shaken from under. Like I showed them my kids here. This is it. This is Saja. This is Badr. This is what we do. And if we can do it, you can all do it. Especially here in Kuwait, we're a rich country. There is a lot of support. There's a lot of resources. Like a mother, literally, she doesn't have to cook and clean. She can get someone to do that. Right. Do your job. One thing. Your kids. Yeah. That's your responsibility. Just do that. And it will be, it will be amazing. Rather than you're not taking care of your kids, you're expecting school, nanny, somebody else to do it. And you'll be like, but there is no progress. But how much did you put to get something? Did you put something there today? And I always tell the parents, just you don't have to be two, three hours of work with the kid, half an hour. Just be consistent. Quality. Every day, so half an hour. So it doesn't true. have yeah. to be on the it's table, so a puzzle, a plane. Just sit and chit chat and hug your kid and talk. Don't just drop them off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a tough environment. That could be a whole nother episode. Yeah, and, <laughs> I know, right? The nannies. You're, you're, yeah. The message you're sending to the community. I mean, for one, it offers people like myself, my mother, and I'm sure everyone out there 
a resource to, you know, because it's it, Kuwait's not a very, we, we, we'll all talk about the hottest gizmo coming out, but we won't talk yeah. about the important things. And, True. you know, you giving people a resource to know what's out there. I mean, I thank you from thank the bottom you. of my heart. Thank, thank you. you. I so mean, it's, and thank it. you for being on today. Thank you um, for having me. I was going to say, I, yeah, I've sent a lot, referred you a lot to friends in the States, and I've got a lot that are following you. I told them I was interviewing you today. Everyone was excited. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. is that the Thank one that you. I follow uh-huh. from Prom Nom Diaries? So you're doing a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you. And, it, was, um, it, was, it was nice being here around you. It's a pleasure to meet you. I would love to see you again. And definitely, uh, definitely. We'll have a parent talk. We'll have a parent round table. We're going to have a parent round table because I want you on here, me, and I got a couple of other parents we can bring on. And we could really dig deep into how to like help rate, you know, how to, how to give people pointers on how to, you know, some resources on raising good kids and raising, you know, you know, just giving them resources to grow up with. Cause I think quite short on a lot of things. We have a lot of shortcomings and, you know, it's people like you that are going to help us beat that. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Do you have any uh, other projects? That you're working yeah. on right what now. What kind of projects are you working on? We're, our project is Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> our project is Kuwait. True. <laughs> so what's a project you're, uh, you're I just, tackling? Uh, I, I'm, I just did the uh, projects for, uh, I wrote an article for uh, Kuwait Mom Guide. Nice. She was doing an article for the, you know how she does all the activities and all mm-hmm. the events yeah, and what's going up in yep. Kuwait. Yeah, yep. she's pretty cool. So she contacted me and she wanted something about special needs. And she said, write something about special needs that tackles the what's going on in the society and references to what. So I did write this, this article about, I called it, you are not alone. And it talks about the problems and the struggles, new parents in Kuwait with the special needs kids, either you just getting a new diagnosis or you came here already with your kid from where to start, what to do, what to expect and another page of resources. So my husband read it last night and he, he, he was telling me this morning. Uh, so I got really emotional about that because he said when he read it, it just took him back to exactly that, that roller coaster of emotion where you go to the doctor. He doesn't know what to say to you. You go to another one. He, spe- he, he gives you something just to give you an answer or where usually a diagnosis like we struggled mainly with better here with for autism is. His pediatric at age two would say, I was like, he's not talking. He's like, yeah, because Saja is not talking. That's why. Hmm. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this guy. And this guy was like the doctor in Kuwait. Like, if you don't take your kid there, Mm-mm. That's what, that's what you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what I've been doing. Uh, the article about what parents and expats and new parents, how to get through this journey the beginning and and move on but i'm up for anything like that's truly amazing true. and definitely i'd love to have quaint mom's guide on here if we do that yeah. if we do a parents round table i'd love to yeah, have her on yeah, here that would be an amazing cool. episode She's amazing, yeah. that would be I awesome agree. that'd be so much fun that's but it. thank you very much and okay, um we'd love to have you back on in the future at some point my pleasure thank Always you much love. Thank, thank you, you so much, much. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.